Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Drinks with Allie podcast, where we're talking everything from red, red wine to pina coladas. My name is Allie, and I'm your host. This is episode 24. Today is Wednesday, February 10th, and it's a Wine Wednesday, as well as the fourth episode in our Valentine's Galentine's Single Pringle Day series of episodes. Today, we are talking all about Valentine's Day wines some classic Valentine's Day meals and what I drink with them and some of what I'll actually be drinking this weekend for Valentine's Day. Now don't worry, whether you're coupled up or a single Pringle, these are all fantastic choices for enjoying on Valentine's Day. So let's jump on in. To start off, we obviously have to talk about champagne and or sparkling wine. Now we covered the different styles of how sparkling wine is made last Wednesday in episode 20. So feel free to refer back to that episode for how we get the bubbles into the bottle. But today let's look at some classic pairings. Other than just drinking it to be festive or celebratory, it's a great way to start off any meal. The bubbles help to cleanse the palate and prepare you for whatever else you're going to be eating. Um, so when we consume it, it cleanses away everything that we've had before our meal and it can wash away any, um, kind of bitter or sweet or any flavors that are just too powerful that are left behind in our mouth from the food. So some classic or kind of blue chip, super traditional, I guess, would be the way to pair it, put it. Never fail pairings would be oysters caviar, shrimp and other shellfish, and foie gras, or uh, fatty goose liver, um, for those of us who don't speak French, or those of you that don't speak French, since I do. Uh, These are all work because the slight acidity in the wine balances the slight sweetness in the foods. Plus, um, like I said, those bubbles will cut through any of the fatty um, content and meatiness of those foods. Um, Plus... Both the sparkling wines and these foods have delicate flavor profiles. So one doesn't overwhelm the other. You're not going to have something that's really rich and meaty with a really delicate white wine. um, And that's kind of the concept of pairing kind of a delicate flavor profile with a delicate flavor profile. Personally, I love sparklings with cheese boards or charcuterie boards. Um, when you have a bunch of different flavor profiles and cheeses, so it can be like a hard cheese or a soft cheese, a stinky cheese, a blue cheese, a creamy cheese, uh, it can be hard to find a single bottle that goes well with all of these cheeses or with a bunch of different cured meats or with a bunch of cured meats and a bunch of cheeses. Chardonnay can often be too creamy for creamy cheeses, and Riesling can be too dry for those sharp, dry, aged cheeses. And the smokiness of the meats can be hard to pair with as well. So sparkling wines make the perfect compromise. I've even, for an event, paired a sparkling wine with like a ramen-style dish um, for a chef's table dinner that we did once. So it really works out. Uh, Now... When you're opening a bottle of sparkling wine, twist the bottle, not the cork. If you've ever had it happen where the cork explodes out of the bottle, you're probably twisting the cork instead of twisting the bottle. Remember, there's 90 PSI, or pounds of pressure per square inch, in that bottle. So, 
don't let go of the cork and don't try and twist it out or wrench it out. Instead, we're going to hold firmly with the cork in our less dominant hand. So if you're right-handed like I am, you're going to hold the cork with your left hand and you're going to twist slowly and firmly with your right hand. It's a slow process. If you do it right, you should hear a faint when the cork comes out. Okay, so you're not going to get that pop. You're just going to get a nice fizz um, and then you'll know that it's open. And... Don't forget, guys, sparklings don't have to be just for celebrating. You can have them any day. Um, it was a big marketing thing that the um, Champagne District went through, in both pre- and post-war, um, to make it for celebrating. But you don't have to. You can have it any time. Around here, we have a bottle of bubbles at least once a week daily. I really, really love sparkling wine. I love sparkling wine that much that we drink probably a bottle a week, at least a bottle a week. Okay, now if you're going for the classic steak dinner for your Valentine celebrations, there's a few different places we could go for bottles. And it mainly depends on what sauces or other accoutrements or uh, side pairings that you have with that steak. The most classic and well-known super blue chip um, go-to pairing would definitely be Cab, especially Cabernet Sauvignon or Cab Sab. A good Napa Valley Cab, personally my tops, Sterling Vineyards, it's also a great value buy here um, in Niagara, or in Nova Scotia, sorry, I don't live in Niagara anymore. Stag's Leap is a great first splash out bottle, I've gotten to try just one or two of those bottles. Um, so if you can splash out or you want to splash out a little bit more, it's a great option as well. We also um, see Bordeaux being a tried and true pairing with steak. You're going to want to look for left bank Bordeaux. Um, the Bordeaux region is split down the middle by a river. And the left bank is more dominantly Cab Sab and the right bank is more dominantly Merlot. We'll do a show on that a little bit later on. And... From that side, we're going to look for appellations called Medoc, Graves, and Prusac Lingonen. And then sub-appellations, Saint-Estef, Puriac, Saint-Julien, and Margot. Most of those are going to be names that you're going to recognize. Um, if you don't, um, look for Bordeaux, and you're probably nine times out of ten going to be finding a left bank Bordeaux. Most uh, North Americans tend to drink left bank versus right bank. Um, some other great pairings, Aussie Shiraz, Californian Zinfandel, Argentinian Malbec, and Italian Barolo or Italian Chianti all pair really well with steak. Why? Well, the fat content in the steak helps to soften the tannins and the astringency, aka the bitterness, of the red wine. Additionally, the tannins can help soften the meat itself if need be. So like if your steak's just a little bit on the hard side, a little bit on the tough side, the tannin can help to soften that out. Right in your mouth, you'll feel that action happening and it tastes a little bit better. Now, the general rule applies that if you're uh, adding sauces to your steak, you're going to have to change it up. And while a peppercorn sauce, for example, would totally work with a Zinfandel, it might not work so well with a Bordeaux because uh, 
that peppery note from the pepper, not going to pair so well with the Cab Sav that doesn't have that peppery spicy note as well. Sorry if you guys can hear dog barking. My dogs are barking at the wind right now. Fun times. Uh, similarly, a steak with a cream sauce on top of it could go really well with a lighter bodied red. So Gamay Noir or Pinot Noir or Syrah or even a really full bodied white. The sky's the limit here, guys. Trust your own taste buds and your own instincts when it comes to pairing with sauces because it is, after all, completely up to you. Alrighty, so next up, next classic kind of dish that we're going to have for our Valentine's Day meal. Chicken. Chicken, same as pork, can more easily pair with both red and whites. Again, it kind of depends on what you are doing with the chicken and where you kind of want to go as far as um, taste profile. So the obvious classic uh, pairing would be Burgundian wines, both red or white, from Burgundy in France. Um, so if you don't want to splash out for a Burgundy because they can be quite expensive, you're going to look for a nice bottle of Pinot Noir or Chardonnay. So Oregon State and New Zealand both make beautiful Pinot Noirs. Um, they're a little higher in acid, they're lighter in body, and they are, they're more full-bodied, sorry, they're not lighter in body, they're a little bit more full-bodied, so they can kind of stand up to your chicken, especially if it's roasted or it has any kind of like um, rub done to it, it'll stand up a little bit harder and it won't be quite so overwhelmed by the red. Uh, for Chardonnay, if you're looking to not go with the straight-up burgundy, um, I would avoid anything overly oaky, which thankfully seems to be the trend in winemaking lately anyways. So for a while in the kind of early 2000s, there's a big trend, um, and I guess mid-2000s, that all of our Chardonnays had to be really oaky and really creamy and really buttery and really full-bodied. And thankfully, it seems to be going away. Luckily. Uh, another great pairing, uh, standalone Merlots, so single varietal Merlots, are awesome with chicken. Don't let Miles from Sideways put you off. Merlot is amazing and is often very overlooked. Um, if you haven't seen the movie Sideways, you might not get that reference. Um, it's a great movie, though, if you have the chance to see it. It's a little bit wacky and it's a little bit out of, out of date now, um, but it's really, really good. Uh, we also see our good old friend Chianti pop up as a great match here as well. Um, again, it's just going to depend on the sauce that you're putting on there and kind of the rub. Um, all right, for whites, other than Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc and Riesling both jump to the forefront. German Riesling with its acidity is a great at cutting through the rich creaminess of the chicken, while Sauvignon Blanc brings acidity and more herbaceous notes if you're cooking it with lots of spices. Now, if you were doing like a jerk chicken, I would totally go for something like a Gewürztraminer or even a sweeter Riesling would also be really nice or a Pinot Gris, Pinot Grigio, um, just kind of to temper some of that heat that you're getting from the spice on that chicken. For a wacky bottle to try that may seem off the wall with your chicken, is Pinotage. 
Okay, so I'm going to spell this one out for you guys. I know I didn't spell the Berg the Bordelian subappellations, but I will spell Pinotage. P-I-N-O-T-A-G-E. Pinotage. It's grown almost exclusively ex in South Africa. It is considered to be kind of like South Africa's grape. It's their number two planted grape in the entire region. There are plantings in New Zealand, Switzerland, Germany, the United States, Israel, and Brazil as well. But really, personally, I've only ever seen it coming from South Africa. I've never seen Pinotage in bottle that I've been able to try anywhere but from South Africa. Uh, it has the same parent as so many of our favorite grapes. Yep, you guessed it. Pinot is its father. I told you, he's a pro prolific little, little grape. Um, so Pinotage was bred for the South African climate. It's super dark in color and packs a wallop of flavors like plums and blackberries, hoisin, licorice, tobacco, and bacon. It's so tasty, and with roast chicken, it's a great out-of-the-box pairing. So if you're looking for that bottle that's a little bit different, you want to try something new for Valentine's Day, go find a great Pinotage, try it out. It's a fantastic roy. Fantastic wines, fantastic pairing with chicken. All right, pasta more your style, more your thing. Well, again, it depends on your sauce. It's kind of like chicken. It all depends on what you're doing with that pasta. A rich, creamy sauce. You can't go wrong with a Riesling. Cuts through it. Chardonnay, matches, Viognier, which is a grape. Um, it's spelled V-I-G-O-V-I-O-G-N-I-E-R. Apparently I can't read my own handwriting right now. Or Albarino, uh, which is a style from the Iberian Peninsula in Spain. Spelled A-L-B-A-R-I-N-O. Um, they're both um, kind of mid-bodied whites. They have a fair bit of acidity. They cut through that cream. It's fantastic. Uh, red sauce or meat sauce. Of course, everything Italian is fantastic. So think Chianti, Barbera, Primitivo, Sangiovese. Okay, so spelling Chianti, C-H-I-N-T-I. Barbera, B-A-B-E-R-A. Primitivo, P-R-I-M-A-T-I-V-O. And Sangiovese, S-A-N-G-I-O-V-E-S-E. So, those guys are all great. Again, remembering the idea of what grows together goes together. Um, so, grapes that grow in these regions where they've kind of always eaten great red or meat sauces are great with those kind of pastas. Merlot, Zinfandel, or Syrah are also great with pastas if you're looking for a red sauce. And even a nice dry crisp rosé would be fantastic with any pasta dish. Or really any of these dishes. We're going to talk about that on Friday, though. Personally, if I was opening one bottle to get through the whole night, it would be either sparkling, a nice dry rosé, or a big bold cab. Because those are like my three favorite things. Um, it would probably be a big bold cab. Unless we're having pasta, then it would be a dry rosé. Okay, but now for what you're actually itching for. What am I actually having this weekend? To start, we're doing, um, we're going to have a three-course meal. So we're going to start with a cheese board. Help, hopefully, help, hopefully I will help, help from our local cheesemonger um, in curating this board. We'll see. 
with a bottle of Pierre Guimonet Aphius Chris Premier Cru Champagne. So champagne um, from the producer Pierre Guimet Aphius. Um, following that, I'm not 100% sure what kind, but we are having some kind of pasta dish. Um, I think actually I'm going to do a risotto, but we'll see. Uh, with kind of depends. Um, uh, the final decision depends on my f ability to make a dish. I have a very limited skill set in the kitchen, so kind of depends on how far out of the box I decide to go on this one. Alright, so we're either going to have a bottle of Dubain Vancluse Blanc, which is a white blend from the Rhone Valley, or Domaine Hochant Rosé from the Côte Provence in France as well. Um, so definitely sticking to that idea that I really love having dry rosés with a lot of pasta. And to finish, for dessert, we're going to have ice wine. We'll be cracking a bottle of Polar States Vidal from Niagara. It's also um, aged for quite a bit, so it can go with anything and everything from chocolate to apple tart and everything in between. I believe there was rumors we might be doing a mousse. I'm not 100% sure. You'll probably have to check my social media for that one on Sunday. And the S, yeah, it's just my mom and I. We might have a friend stop over, but I'm not a 100% sure. So with that, guys, we'll wrap up another episode. Let me know what you'll be having this Valentine's Day, whether you're celebrating with somebody or you're all on your own. I'd love to hear from you. So you can do that by leaving an episode a comment over on episode 24's page on the website, drinkswithally.com. And that is spelled D-R-I-N-K-S-W-I-T-H-A-L-I dot com. If you want to get a hold of me, you can do that in a couple of different ways. You can head over to that website and either leave a comment, like I said, on episode 24's page. You can also click on the contact button and fill in the email form. It comes straight to me, so I will see it and I will answer. You can send me a direct email um, by using my email, drinkswithally at gmail.com. So again, D-R-I-N-K-S-W-I-T-H-A-L-I at gmail.com. Or you can catch me on all the socials. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MeWe, uh, Pinterest, Spotify, TikTok, all of them at drinkswithally. Um, and if you leave me a direct or private message or a comment over there, I will see it and I will reply to you. I promise. So with that, guys, don't feel bad about being uh, not prepared for Valentine's Day. Fill your glass with something tasty this weekend, guys. Cheers, everyone.